a sports show, we talk about the good things and we talk about our our coaches and our and our the wins and the losses and we get upset and but that's playtime. It's 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 games. It's not life and death. Um, but sometimes life and death uh, overtakes what we do in terms of importance. And we certainly had that in our state the last six weeks with the Murdoch trial in Walterboro, which is over and the sentencing announced this morning. I'm, I'm so appreciative of Attorney General Alan Wilson for joining us for a couple of minutes. I just thought it was it, it, we would be a great uh, outlet for people across the state to hear from the lead prosecutor, uh, the head man of the office who, who handled this case, who's been on worldwide television since all this uh, came down yesterday afternoon and this morning, and he's joined us for a few minutes. In general, uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Uh, how are you? Uh, what, what are your thoughts and feelings here this afternoon, this evening, after all this came to a conclusion? Well, I am currently driving back home to Lexington to reintroduce myself to my wife and my two teenagers. Um, who probably don't know that they have a father anymore. Um, But I I can tell you I am so proud, so, so, so proud of the men and women in our office. I've been right there with them last five, six weeks in the trenches, uh, up close and personal. I can tell you this is like nothing I've ever seen. Uh, But I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of uh, SLED and our law enforcement partners down there and around the state who supported this effort. And uh, I'm just really excited and elated with the outcome. What was your feeling yesterday afternoon after arguments closed, the jury got the case, maybe you guys went out to have a cup of coffee, relax, maybe grab a bite to eat, thinking it was going to be a little while, and then within a couple of hours you get the word that the jury had returned the verdict. Uh, tell, fill us in on what you were doing and your immediate reaction when you got that word. Honestly, we were uh, we never left the courtroom. They, um, you know, the judge receded, you know, retired back to his chambers. Um, the other uh, other attorneys from the other side, they they went across the street. They had a place they were staying. We stayed up there with the court staff. Someone had a radio. They were playing some old '80s music, uh, very very low. We were just kind of sitting around in the pews. There was no no one was in the room but us, maybe a dozen people, um, and we were just kind of chilling out. And um, I, what I told my staff, I said it's kind of like election night. Uh, when the hmm. polls have closed, you've either already won or already lost. You don't know what the vote count is. You just have to wait for it to be delivered to you. Um, and that's kind of the feeling. Um, I said it's like running for office. You're waiting to find out your fate. And, uh, of course, it was less than a three-hour deliberation. Um, got word that the jury did not want dinner. Uh, that told us right there that they had come to their decision. And the fact that it had come back so close, or excuse me, come back so soon, uh, left me with a pretty solid feeling that we were going to get a guilty verdict. I, I didn't want to say it out loud because we we're very superstitious, mm-hmm. but we felt like um, that quick turnaround meant one of two things. It wasn't a hung jury. It was either an acquittal or a conviction. And usually if it's an acquittal with the, with the amount of evidence we had provided, the mountain of evidence over six weeks we had provided, it just led me to believe that we were going to get a guilty verdict. When in the process of investigating and compiling the evidence and putting your case together with your with your compadres in your office at what point in the process did you believe that you had a a winnable case was it when the the video in the phone was discovered was that kind of the turning point in the office or something else so 
first off, there was no one piece of evidence or one piece of information that was like silver bullet that just had that nailed him to the wall. That there, there was nothing like that. Um, but the the kennel video that came up months and months after the murders had occurred and months after he had locked himself into his uh, timeline and his narrative that he was never down at the kennels, uh, we get the kennel video. And of course, there was a phone call that he had. Um, there was a phone call between Paul Murdoch and another young man who testified at trial where the young man said he heard Alec in the background. But, you know, Alec Murdoch said, oh, no, he misheard. I wasn't there. Uh, and then the kennel video comes out, and it's hard to argue with that. And so he was locked into his story, which he had to, at trial, when he took the stand, recant and, and, and redirect and come up with a new narrative. And so when he did that, obviously we felt really confident that this jury knows this guy's a liar, that he's good at manipulating. The question is, could they make the leap from liar to murderer? And, uh, and we were able to convince them uh, with the evidence we had uh, accumulated that, this, that he, in fact, had come to a point in his life where he was willing to do what he needed to do to preserve his way of life, which is murder his mm. wife and his son. Visiting with State Attorney General Alan Wilson here for a few more minutes. So... How well, I'm, I'm going to ask this from an ignorant perspective. It might be an obvious question with an easy answer, but the Murdaws and their history, the family history of um, being lawyers and being solicitors, I imagine the Attorney General's office had a lot of contact with that family over the years, over the decades, over the centuries, I guess, going back to the great-grandfather. How well did you know um, Alec Murdaugh? before all this happened? Did, did you guys have a prior relationship? Uh, I, I had met Alec Murdoch maybe 10 or 12, 12 years, maybe right around the time I was running for attorney general the first time, so 12-plus years ago. Um, and I'd met the brother, his brothers. Um, but the, the one that I knew was Randolph Murdoch, uh, then Solicitor Murdoch, um, who was the solicitor at the time. I was working for Donnie Myers here in Lexington County, and, and he, Donnie and Solicitor Murdoch were very good friends. And Solicitor Myers had taken me down there to meet him one time when I was running, and I had an opportunity to have a very lengthy conversation with Randolph Murdoch, who, who as you know, passed away days after the murder. Um, and, I, and I knew Solicitor Murdoch, who was a very good prosecutor and, and treated me with a great deal of kindness. In fact, a number of our older prosecutors on our team had worked with Solicitor Murdoch at, at a point in time. But I had not spoken to Solicitor Murdoch in many years, and honestly, when I met Alec, it was one time, maybe 12 or 13 years ago. And other than that, I really had no connection with him whatsoever. So as this thing is now over, and of course, being in the position you were in, you were privy to everything that you guys uh, turned up. We're talking about the videos, the photos, all the evidence that you could accumulate. Um, what impact does this trial have on you? As you as you walk away from it, so well, it, it, there's multiple impacts, and I'll tell you one of the things that I heard more than just about anything is that there's this perception that there's two criminal justice systems in the state of South Carolina, one for the haves and one for the have-nots, and there were so many people out there that were pulling so hard for a conviction because they believed in in their soul that. There are certain people because of who they are, or who, what their last name is, or what they do, somehow because of their station in society that they're above the law and that they can get out of anything. And you know, as, as, as you recall, the boat case several years before the murders, 
you know, that, that narrative was out there, that there's corruption and there's powerful people and that, that they're going to get out of this. And what I hope that this trial does for people out there who, who question the system, and, and I tell people all the time, we have the worst criminal justice system in the world except for every other kind. And, and that's a, a hmm. kind of a funny way of saying there is, there is no perfect criminal justice system because it's created by human beings. And, and in this country and, in, and where we live, there's, there's nothing better out there than what we have. Now, is it imperfect? Are there people out there who abuse it? Is there corruption? It exists. But what I'm hoping people will take away from this, and what I hope my office is able to do is show this state and the people in that community that not even Alec Murdoch is beyond the, the, the long arm of the law and that justice prevailed. And honestly, at the end of the day, this isn't a political statement about criminal justice reform or public corruption. This is a statement about Two people were brutally murdered, and a community was destroyed, a family was destroyed, and, and, and there's, there's a, there are real lives at stake here. This isn't like a Hollywood movie. Real people are suffering, including people in that family. And so I hope that people will keep that in mind and bear that in mind as you watch all the stories out there and the documentaries they're making. I'm sure there'll be movies and TV programs. There were real lives there, and regardless of what you thought of the people at the heart of the story – Lives were destroyed, and, and, our, and, a, and a family was, is forever changed, forever changed. But the takeaway for me is that I hope that my office and, and the, the little role that I played is able to restore people's faith in the system. That's what I hope people will take away. Let me ask you two quick things. We'll let you go. More of a uh, technical type of questions as far as uh, what's up now. So where does Alec Murdoch go? Where, where will he spend his uh, time in prison? So he is going in for in-processing with the Department of Corrections. Um, I believe they'll take him. They brought him here to Columbia tonight. Um, he will be here for about 30, somewhere between 30 to 45 days. I, I think it just depends. And he'll be assessed. They'll make a determination on which prison system, which prison he will go to. Um, you know, obviously they, they do all those evaluations, and then he will he will be sent to the facility where he will reside for the remainder of his days, um, and that that'll take about a month, a month and a half. And are you expecting an appeal from his side? Of course, yes. The defense has already said they're going to appeal. They all, you know, they they've been very public about that. And you know, what I tell people, that's part of the criminal justice system. They have a job to do, just like I have a job to do, and they're going to appeal, and they're going to fight it, and they're going to try to get it overturned, and my office is going to defend it on appeal um, all the way to the Supreme Court um, if we have to. But uh, that's how it works, and, and we're going to be there every step of the way. But for right now, uh, we're, going to all, we're all going to return home to our families and get back to work on Monday doing our job. General, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I know it's been a uh, tough hard but maybe satisfying day for you we appreciate you making some time out for us uh enjoy the weekend with your family getting to know everybody again and we'll talk to you again soon hey phil i just want to say it's great to see you outside of football season and it's so nice to be on a on a program with you where jim hodges isn't kicking my butt in football picks it's just very refreshing <laughs> <laughs> well look uh, look at the trial as you building some momentum into the 2023 football season all right <laughs> yes, sir. Y'all take care. Go hug your family. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Attorney General Alan Wilson with us here on Sports Talk. We really appreciate it. Uh, you might know him better as uh, the uh, competitor against the governor, uh, Jim Hodges, in the football filibuster. 
in the fall. But in his real life, in his real job, that's what he does. He is the state's lead prosecutor as the attorney general. We appreciate him uh, coming on with us tonight and, uh, you know, talking about something that we ordinarily wouldn't talk about on the show. But some, from time to time, these things come up, and we like to address them if, if it's something that has a big impact here in the state of South Carolina. 